The stock market drama of last week proved that the battle isn't always necessarily right against left, it's the people against the elites. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Look, everyone, I've got a confession to make to you. You know, this may come as a shock, but I am not a stock market guru. In fact, last week was the first time I've ever really bought stock in my life. I did not come for money. I am not wealthy. I have learned every money lesson you can learn the hardest way. But this isn't about that. We will get to that in coming weeks. This is about what happened last week, what is happening right now in the GameStop drama that has completely exposed the corruption that happens in Wall Street in collusion with the politicians and elites in this country on both sides of the aisle. Let me say this again on both sides of the aisle. Let me explain what happened with GameStop last week for us non-financial gurus. The simplest explanation I found is courtesy of a reporter named Chris Vinson at WMFY News 2 in good old Greensboro, North Carolina. I know Greensboro, North Carolina. My family lives in the Greensboro area, so I'm quite familiar with it. This is what Chris Vinson says. So you got Wall Street hedge funds on one side and a lot of amateur investors on the other. The leaders of amateur investors started mostly on Reddit, which is an online message board in a thread called Wall Street Bets, where a bunch of these amateur investors got an idea. At the beginning of the pandemic, Wall Street hedge funds noticed that retail companies were really struggling, surprise, surprise, because they could not be open because they all got shut down. I was in Brooklyn during the first part of the lockdown. There was a GameStop literally right around the corner from my apartment in Brooklyn. Obviously shut down just like everyone else. Lockdowns prevented people from going into stores, so GameStop which was already in trouble in the beginning. You know, GameStop sells video games, you know, physical video games. And I'm not a gamer myself, but I know that a lot of gaming has gone into live streaming and online stuff. So so they're in big trouble. These hedge funds made a big bet that companies like GameStop were going to lose and go out of business. This is called a short sell, which is legal. The more GameStop's stock price went down, the more money that Wall Street hedge funds like Melvin Capital raked in. But on Reddit, amateur investors convinced other people to buy GameStop's stock. Now, GameStop's stock price shot way up in less than a week. The price went from around $30 per share to more than $340 per share. A few risky traders who started investing in GameStop in the summer of 2020 basically became millionaires. Now, a lot of people made a lot of money off of this. I've heard stories about people made 50,000, 60,000, people made millions. The money guy on Fox Business, Charles Payne, he said, yeah, this kid you know, made $60,000 and bought a house. So this has literally changed people's lives, right? When GameStop's price jumped more than 1,000%, guess who was not happy? The hedge funds that bet that the GameStop stock would fail because they ended up paying billions of dollars because they lost that bet. Now, you know, the Redditors are doing this with other stocks right now, uh, notably AMC and Blockbuster. When the word got out about this, and by the way, amateur investors like myself, like I bought AMC last week. I think I think I made like 1500 bucks on it so far. You know, we'll see. You know, I- I'm one of the little people. This is all new to somebody like me. I was like, okay, this is cool. And this is giving me sort of an education in this whole world. Now, people use apps like Robinhood to buy stocks, amateur investors like myself, probably like you, like like a couple of other people that are listening to this. When the word got out about this, they restricted people 
from buying. Now, I tried to buy into AMC on Robinhood at 15 bucks, and I got rejected. They literally refunded my money. So that's actually good for me because it dropped to 8 bucks, and I bought it in on Cash App. I made, you know, buy a couple coins, about 1500 bucks. So what does this have to do with us and politics? And by the way, I just got word. I was literally talking to one of my producers right before this, and he had a buddy that made around $60,000 off of this GameStop thing. But Robinhood wouldn't let him sell his stocks and ended up losing tens of thousands of dollars that he could have gotten out, right? And, And so this is collusion at the highest level. And what does this have to do with us in politics? Because, you know, we talk politics on Rob Smith is problematic. And this is what it has to do with us. It is always, always the elite versus the little guy. It was perfectly fine for years for these billionaire hedge fund jerks to play these games in the market and get very wealthy and nobody said or did anything. It was normal. It is normal for these people to gamble with their billions of dollars. It is normal for these people to to, to tank our economy. When some of these people completely tanked the U.S. economy back in 2008, they got bailed out by the government. Now, this is where it gets good. By the way. Guess who was vice chair of the Federal Reserve from 2010 to 2014 under the Obama administration? Well, that is our brand new Treasury Secretary under the Biden administration, Janet Yellen. Now, this is the same Janet Yellen who took over $800,000 in speaking fees from Citadel which is a hedge fund that also does business with Robinhood, who restricted average investors from buying AMC and GameStop stock in order to protect billion-dollar hedge funds. This is why my producer's friend lost tens of thousands of dollars, so that we could protect these billionaire hedge fund guys that have been making money in this way for years and years and years. If you think that our wonderful, intrepid, heroic journalism class is is, is really going to challenge this, and and they're really going to get straight answers from this administration, well, I want you to listen to this answer from White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. I'm also happy to repeat that we have the first female Treasury Secretary and a team that's surrounding her and often questions about market we'll send to them. But our team is, of course, our economic team, including Secretary Yellen and others, are monitoring uh, the situation. It's a good reminder, though, that the stock market isn't the only measure of the health of our our economy. It doesn't reflect how working and middle class families are doing. Uh, As you all know from covering this, we're in the midst of a K-shaped recovery. America's workers are struggling to make ends meet, which is why the president has introduced this urgent package to get immediate relief to families. See? All good, guys. Nothing to see here. We have the first female Treasury Secretary. And look, look, I don't want to sound sexist here, but I'm going to say that women could be just as duplicitous as men. That is equality, ladies and gentlemen. I have bit my tongue a lot. Well, actually, I haven't bit my tongue about the Biden administration. We know, you know, we're, we're about three weeks in. It's, it's been awful. But when you look at the Biden administration and you look at the people that are in these very high-level roles here, when you look at the Janet Yellens of the world, these are the same people that came from the Obama administration. What did they do after the Obama administration? They went in, they cashed in millions of dollars in speaking fees, Janet Yellen. To all of these billionaire Wall Street people. And then they come right back into quote unquote public service. And you know what? 
They want us to forget about these things. They want this to be a blip on the radar. And they want everybody to move on to something else, to, to arguing about, I don't know, uh, I don't know, BLM or, or, or men and women's sports or, or whatever, all of the stuff that they use to divide us. And I'll get into that a little bit later. And I don't want this to be a rant. I really don't want to rant because I don't think this is what we do here. But if I sound furious, it is because I am. This stuff infuriates me. And what infuriates me the most is that people act as if the Democrats and the people on the left, oh, they're always for the little guy. They're always for the working man. And the Republicans, oh, oh, yeah, those evil fat cat billionaire Republicans, right? They're just there to protect the rich and the wealthy. And the thing about it is right now, if you really look at this stuff, this kind of crap happens on both sides. And it is happening with the Democratic administration right now. So I am furious. I am pissed off about this. And I am pissed off about these billionaire hedge fund managers that are now upset, that are now mad about this, that the little guy has been able to make money in the same way they've been doing for years. So is Charles Payne. He is furious, too. He's the money guy on Fox Business. I've done his show a couple of times. Charles Payne is a great guy. Very, 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 very intelligent, highly intelligent in in these financial issues. And I want you to listen to his thoughts on this entire situation that went totally viral, by the way. First of all, all of this nonsense, all of this noise, all of this whining by Wall Street, it's making me sick. 140% of GameStop was short. I didn't hear one person on TV complaining about Wall Street trying to crush GameStop. 140% short. I told my subscribers, buy this stock, and they made a fortune. I also told them to buy Virgin Space, uh, Virgin. We took profits on that today. Fizz, that's up huge. Tangers is up huge. Neil, you can't allow Wall Street to short 75% of a stock, and nobody says anything crush these companies into the dirt, and then when the individual investor makes money, everyone's up in arms. Oh, they're going to lose their shirt? Don't you think people are trading? If it traded 80 billion shares a day, people are ringing a register. I have a kid who bought a house. He had a, he made $50,000 and bought a house. So, yes, yeah, some people are going to lose and some are going to win, but if, you wanna, if they want to change the rules of the game now because the general public is making money after decades of the shorts crushing thousands of stocks into the dirt, I have watched stocks being crushed completely to zero uh, and no one ever whispered anything because those stocks didn't have Wall Street sponsorship. They were small names. Maybe they went public through a reverse takeover. Whatever it was, the shorts have had their way with the market for decades. No one's ever complained about it. So I am thrilled if you were going to try to destroy a company by shorting 140% of its stock, you have to accept the fact that individual investors are playing the same game that you're playing and now you're losing. Unless you agree with some of the leftists that think that this kind of insular, elitist corruption is somehow the domain of those evil Republicans, I'm going to remind you that according to CNBC, Wall Street spent $74 million to back Joe Biden's run for president. They're getting what they paid for. But last week, for one shining moment, Americans reached across the aisle and joined together in absolute hatred for the billionaire ruling class. When Donald Trump Jr. and AOC are in agreement that Robin Hood's decision to limit trading and buying of AMC and GameStop is really problematic, pun intended, and needs to be investigated, well, 
I'm not entirely sure it gets more bipartisan than that. Of course, when Ted Cruz agreed with AOC on Twitter, she accused him of trying to murder her. So I guess that didn't last for long. She's really dramatic, uh, that AOC. And by the way, speaking of AOC, uh, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank had the greatest Instagram post ever. So he's wearing one of these AOC sweatshirts that says Tax the Rich. You know, she's branded. She sells them on her website. She sells these sweatshirts for $60. Now, even a basic level of, of, of manufacturing and economics and clothing sales and all that stuff, it was this cheap-looking fleece sweatshirt that probably cost maybe 8 to $10. That is a huge markup. So like Kevin O'Leary said, in every socialist is a capitalist dying to get out. And speaking of capitalist pseudo-socialists, I've been hearing a lot of Bernie bros saying that this is what their guy has been saying for years. And I would like to remind them you know, they're coming up on my, my Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Rob Smith Online, by the way. I'd like to remind them that the only person Bernie Sanders has ever lifted out of poverty is Bernie Sanders. The man got kicked out of a commune for being too lazy and is completely cashed in on grifting loser leftists into believing this revolution crap. But I'm telling you all, this isn't about right and left. This is about the people versus the elite. I tweeted this out and it went totally viral because it's true. Of course, I'm conservative and I talk a great deal about these social issues because I do think that they're important. I do think that it's important to talk about these issues, all of these social issues that I will continue to talk about and you will continue to see me make videos about and talk about on Fox News and, and OAN and, and uh, Newsmax and, and do all of this stuff. But if we don't take moments like this to truly ask the questions of our ruling class that need to be asked as Americans, we will continue to tear each other down and fight over silly stuff. While these people continue to screw us all over. And these billionaires, these elitists, these people, you ever made $800,000 in an hour? This is what Janet Yellen makes in an hour. I, I remember the first time I did, it, it, look, and I'll just keep it real with you guys. I remember the first time I did a speaking engagement for, for $10,000. I was like, holy shit. Capitalism is great, you know? But Janet Yellen, you know, $800,000 for a speaking engagement. And why is that? Because she's trading on the access that she had. So look. These people will have us all arguing about Black Lives Matter and debating men and women's sports and talking about pronouns and child drag queens and all the other crap they use to keep us divided. But I want you all, and I am going to do this myself, I want us to think bigger about the real things that affect our society. Why is it that billionaires get upset when the little guy plays their game and then they change the rules in the middle of the game to screw him? And they're allowed to do it. Why do we keep a revolving door between these wealthy, elitist politicians who despise us all, by the way? They hate us. And the systems that they're supposed to keep a check on and control. If we don't start asking these questions and demanding answers, we won't have a country. We'll have billionaires, elites, and those of us peasants down below begging for scraps Asking for the big guy to take his boot off our necks for just a moment so maybe, maybe we can make a 100,000th of what they make. 
The Black Lives Matter movement has just been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, and no, I am not kidding. I will tell you why this is so outrageous after the break. If you're new here, or maybe if you're not so new here, you'll know that I have lots of feelings about BLM Inc., about Black Lives Matter, about this organization, uh, this movement, these riots, these protests, whatever you want to call it. It is it is very deep. It is something that we will talk about, I think, for, for decades to come. Black Lives Matter has just been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. And this is a very, very real thing. I am not joking. This is not uh, April Fool's Day. Black Lives Matter has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. And when you think about the Nobel Peace Prize, you think of things that have actually contributed to the betterment of society. But then again, I got to tell you that uh, when Obama got it, you know, I, I think that it was kind of revealed as an elitist scam. So BLM has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. And I want to get the quote about this. And I want to tell you what is being said about BLM by the people that nominated Black Lives Matter for the Nobel Peace Prize. So this is what they said. A Norwegian lawmaker has nominated Black Lives Matter for the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize. In his nomination letter, this man, a socialist left member of of Norway's parliament, said that he had nominated Black Lives Matter for their struggle against racism and racially motivated violence. BLM's call for systemic change have spread around the world, forcing other countries to grapple with racism within their own societies. I don't even know where to go. With this, I don't even know what to say about this. Last summer, you know, which seems like a lifetime ago because in this new media era, it really does seem like every day is a week, every week is a month, and every month is a year. But last summer, you know, if you, you can think back that, that far, apparently the, the guy that's nominated BLM for the Nobel Peace Prize hasn't. Our cities burned. All across the country, our cities burned. D.C. burned. Atlanta burned. Minneapolis burned. So many places burned because of BLM rioters and protesters. And this was started by, of course, the death of George Floyd. And I remember last summer when all this was going on, when you kind of have a position like the position that I have. When people listen to what you're saying, you know, you have to be very careful what you were. And I say this this a lot, and you guys know that this is how I feel. So when the when the George Floyd thing happened. I remember Candace Owens, oh my goodness gracious, Candace Owens got into a lot of trouble. Candace Owens did a Facebook Live, and she pulled up the receipts about George Floyd's rap sheet, about the fact that he had held a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach. This guy had a rap sheet a mile long, and she said it, and Boy, did she get some blowback. And I remember at that point in time, I was like, oh, my God, like, Candace, like, did you go too far? Did she go too far? Because this George Floyd thing is so big. But honestly, she was right because you had this person that died. And by the way, um, and and I would like for you to Google this, and this is not saying that I'm not justifying anybody's death, but it has to be said that that George Floyd had uh, fentanyl and, and meth and, and weed and, and a lot of stuff in the system when he died. So it wasn't just that he was killed by the police officer, but but definitely the, the police officer, you know, restraining him in that way didn't help, didn't help, right? But there was this idea 
that you could not say these things about George Floyd. Oh, you could not say these things at all about George Floyd. And you could not say these things at all about Jacob Blake, who was the black man who got shot. He didn't die, but he's still alive. But they found out that that man sexually assaulted his ex, which is why she called the cops on him in the first place, lunged at police officers with a knife. So these are all facts, but these are the facts that you can't say when it comes to this stuff. And back to the George Floyd thing, my goodness, you've got, I mean, he had a golden casket. All the celebrities were boo-hooing and crying at his funeral. It was patently ridiculous. Even still to this day, we cannot say these things. This man has been martyred for some reason. And it's just like you can't say now that BLM has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Our cities burn. These people burn cities down in the name of Black Lives Matter, in the name of this movement that has just been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. I was boots on the ground in Minneapolis, Minnesota last summer after they burned. The streets of Minneapolis, and I've said this before, probably still to this day, because mind you, everybody forgets about this stuff, right? But the people that live in these neighborhoods, they still have to live there. I raised about $135,000 that we donated to small businesses um, to help them rebuild in Minneapolis to an organization called, I believe it was called the, uh, the Lake Street Council. So this is the street that got burned to the ground by BLM protesters. CVS bombed out, Walgreens bombed out, Target crazy, looted, bombed out. All of this destruction, billions of dollars of worth of destruction in the name of Black Lives Matter. How many black business owners lost their entire livelihoods, lost their entire lives during these riots and these protests? How many people died during these protests? You've probably heard of David Dorn. Now, David Dorn was a retired police officer that got killed during the BLM riots protests in St. Louis. He was 77 years old. Now, there was another BLM sort of thing that happened, and that was the Rayshard Brooks that happened in Atlanta. There was an eight-year-old girl named Sicoria Turner that was shot. She died in the wake of these protests. Now, according to NBC News and Atlanta's mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, this young girl was shot while riding in a car with her mother and a friend after they tried to pull into a parking lot. The site had been barricaded after this guy, Rayshard Brooks, was killed June 12th in a Wendy's parking lot south of downtown Atlanta. The driver was confronted by a group of armed people that had blocked the entrance. This was less than a half a mile from Wendy's, from those protests. At some point, someone in the group opened fire, striking the car multiple times. This little girl was killed. Directly related to the Black Lives Matter protests. David Dorn was killed directly related to the Black Lives Matter protests. Businesses were destroyed directly related to the Black Lives Matter protests and riots. Washington, D.C. burned directly related to the protests in the Black Lives Matter riot, but now that organization has been nominated for Nobel Peace Prize. It is a joke. It is offensive. It makes zero sense, and this can only exist... In a clown world where people ignore facts at the service of a political agenda. And I have said this before, and I will say it again. Nobody has an issue with the statement that Black Lives Matter. I do not. What I have an issue with is BLM Inc. And the destruction that that organization caused all across our country this past summer. And I remember having a friend 
And by the way, this was all in service of the left. This was all in service of the Democrats. I had a friend that was considering, you know, of course, we all know I voted for Trump. My friend was considering voting for Biden. This was back last summer because he just wanted everything. He was like, oh, my God, I just want everything to calm down. And I said, don't do it. Because if you do it, then you have given in to basically this ransom that they're holding. They're basically holding our streets hostage for a political vote. But they got what they wanted. Biden got in, who, by the way, has not met with them. Still, by the way, because he used them. And of course he used them. And he used that organization just like the the leaders of the organization use the useful idiots that run and run around and destroy cities because they want to be a part of something. And so now... We have Biden ignoring Black Lives Matter. We have Black Lives Matter nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. And now, do you notice how quiet it's gotten on the whole racial injustice front? Have you noticed that we haven't heard anything about black men being killed by police officers? You notice we haven't heard any of this stuff because it doesn't fit the agenda. Now that the agenda has been completed and they have gotten the left back into power and they have everything, they have the White House. They have the House and they have the Senate. Now, this is of no use to them anymore. Give them the Nobel Peace Prize. Forget all of the lives that have been destroyed and call it a day. It's disgusting. It makes me sick that so many people do not have the guts to say this. And those of us black people that do are called Every name in the book, because we're not rocking with that agenda. This is ridiculous. Personally, like I will never look at the Nobel Peace Prize the same way again. Guys, if you didn't know this already, I'm going to let you know that our education system is in trouble. Deep trouble. The left has completely taken it over. But now, even private schools aren't safe. I'm going to tell you exactly why after the break. Now, you guys all know what I think about public schools. They're trash. They are indoctrination centers. These kids can barely spell their name by the time they graduate high school. And look, I can say that because I went to a public school. And I went to a trash public school in Akron, Ohio. It was trash. You don't learn anything. The only thing that is happening now is these kids are being indoctrinated. And so this is just what's going on right now. This is just really what's happening in in public schools. And, And we'll get to the private schools in a minute. But now, in San Francisco, they are now renaming their public schools because apparently people like Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, well, they're just not fit to have schools named after them. They are not woke enough. And so this is from the New York Post. It says, this is the San Francisco School Board made a decision to strip the names of 44 schools that honor historical leaders with ties to racism and oppression. But now a report has found that the research that they did to do this was arbitrary, subjective, superficial, and based on research gathered through, quote-unquote, casual Google searches. So this is a report. So the school board had a six-to-one vote. They have preliminary approval, this is in San Francisco, to rename the schools. Because like I said, Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, and George Washington were not woke enough. And the crazy thing about all this that's happening right now is that there is 
an argument that can be made for saying these were men of their times. I am in no way, God, I mean, like, nobody's out here saying that, oh, slavery is okay and, and all of this is okay. It wasn't. It was awful. It was horrible and oppressive in, I do believe, this country's original sin. What I hate the most about this push to, to whitewash history I said this a lot when they were going around these cities and they were tearing down statues and they were doing all of this stuff. This desire to whitewash history is very misguided, and I will tell you why. I do agree with the fact that we have to have a fuller understanding of American history. We have to have a fuller understanding of who these people were, of who Abraham Lincoln was, of who Thomas Jefferson was, of who George Washington was. These were great men that did great things, but also did awful, disgusting, despicable things that were a part of what our society was in its founding. And that is absolutely true. But you cannot just completely erase them from history. What you can do is you can fill their stories in with a deeper understanding of exactly what they engaged in and how it benefited them. But tearing the statues down, renaming the schools is the wrong answer. And what irritates me the most about what San Francisco is doing is they are doing all of this stuff. You know, they're being woke. They're, they're doing all of this other stuff to, to rename the schools because, because, because white supremacy and because oppression and because all of this other stuff. When we talk about schools and when we talk about this trash public school system that we have that, by the way, uh, right now is, you know, teachers unions are fighting to keep schools closed. San Francisco public schools are still not open, by the way. The unions are fighting to keep these schools closed because lazy teachers don't want to do work. And that's what it's all about. These schools are not even teaching students. That's the whole thing. San Francisco public schools have a reading proficiency rate of 55% and a math proficiency rate of 50%, which means that half the kids can barely read and can barely do math. But yet, we are focusing all of this energy on renaming schools because Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, whoever others are not woke enough. It is so misguided. It makes zero sense. And they're not even getting their facts straight. Literally, they have cited um, a History Channel website. They cited Wikipedia. They cited all of these different things, a, a curbed article. And so this is what the woke left does. It's kind of like this circular logic. So they don't have any sort of historical you know, background. They don't really have any historical research on this. They can't really historically tell you why, but they can point to some other articles written by woke leftist writers on the internet, and they can say, oh, well, this article said this, so I'm going to cite this like this. And this is what we're doing here, and it's so unfortunate. And like I said, public schools are trash, and I went to a public school, and I carry a lot of shame, even to this level in my life, of the things that I do not know because I was not taught them in public schools. So my education continues to this day of things that I don't know about American history, of things that I don't know about geography, of things that I don't know because I went to a failing public school. This stuff we knew was happening in public schools. And this is why, and you know, look, I, I want kids someday, someday long from now, but I do. And I would always think, man, I am never sending my kids to public school, so let me work as hard as I can and let me just really become successful so I can be able to afford a private school for my kids. But now, private schools 
are not even safe from this stuff. There is a school in New York City. It is called the Dalton School. And it costs $55,000 a year. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. $54,180 a year on the Upper East Side of, of New York. Their faculty has decided to get woke And now they are making demands of this private school. This is what people pay $55,000 a year to keep their kids away from. And listen to some of the demands that the faculty wants of the New York City Dalton School, which parents of these students pay $55,000 a year for the kids to go to. So they want to pay the student debt of any black staffer that the school hires. They want to abolish high-level academic courses by 2023 If the performance of black students is not on par with non-blacks, they want anti-racism statements from all staffers, and they want to overhaul the entire curriculum, reading lists, and student plays to reflect diversity and social justice themes. Now, this is only some of the stuff. Oh, oh, and also, (laughs) they want, since the New York City public schools and these public school systems aren't failing enough, these people want them to donate 50% of all the money that they raise to New York City public schools. Oh, but that's only if Dalton is not representative of the city in terms of gender, race, socioeconomic background, and immigration status by 2025. So, look, this is insanity. If I was a student, and I was paying $55,000 an effing year for my child to go to this school, I would tell them they do any of this stuff and I'm out. This is not about educating children. This is about the radical left. And the radical left has taken over the education system. And these are the people that are graduating from these colleges and universities and getting good jobs at schools like Dalton to push that agenda now even to the private schools. It is ridiculous. It makes zero sense. This stuff is not about educating children. Now, look, if you want to talk about adding stuff to like reading lists and the plays like, you know, uh, like a couple of great black plays that like adding them to the curriculum and stuff like that. Although I would expect at somewhere like the Dalton School, they're already studying things like A Raisin in the Sun or in reading books like The Color Purple and just reading these great black books that are really a part of the American fabric, I would assume that they're already doing that. So there's nothing wrong with that per se. But this other stuff is just, it's leftist crap. And parents are actually fighting back. The parents basically are balking at this. They've released a letter and they're basically saying fundamentally that, look, the Dalton School has been around for generations It has taught children well using a curriculum that is about learning, that is about exploration, that is about the fundamentals. I mean, my God, reading, math, world history, all of this other stuff. And to make it about woke, anti-racism, anti-white supremacy, leftist indoctrination is going to destroy it. It's going to make it just like our failing public school systems. And I'm telling you guys this. As somebody that has went to these public schools, you don't learn anything, but these kids are learning how to be victims. They're being taught Black Lives Matter in elementary school. They're being taught 100 genders in the third grade. They're being taught crap. And now private schools are not even a respite from this. But the parents are fighting back and good for them. They have released a letter. They are saying enough is enough. We do not want to do this. The thing about it is this. These parents that have stood up 
have not even done so by putting their names on it. Because this is what's going on here. The pressure is so intense that people don't even want to put their names on these things. And that speaks to a fundamental weakness that we have in this society. And that speaks to a fundamental weakness that people have in dealing with the woke left and dealing with cancel culture. None of these parents want to put their names on this thing to stand up against this crap because they want to still, they want to be the nice liberals. You know, they don't want to stand up against this crap. And the sad thing about it is, remember when I tell you guys all the time that some of this stuff isn't always about right and left? This is literally about common sense versus insanity. And this is common sense versus insanity because this stuff is not even liberal. This is so far left that it's almost completely over the edge. And so this is what's going on. And if you thought that private schools were safe from this stuff, they are no longer safe. So I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if you guys are going to have to start homeschooling. Um, I have a friend. Uh, he and his wife, beautiful family. Him and his wife, they live, um, they live in, in the South. And they have been homeschooling their children because they've had enough. And if the radical woke left sets their sights on private schools the way that they have on public schools and they have worked you know, their, their insanity in the public school system for the past four decades, and we're seeing the results of that right now, if they make their way into the private school system, then I'm telling you, homeschooling may be the only option you have. Before we go, I want to thank my fellow problematics so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at RobSmithOnline. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Kliegman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network.